Radio Split Ranch. Hello and welcome once again to Radio Split Ranch, a monthly visit with the Capital Region's great radio personalities of the past and sometimes present. I'm Warren Garling when I'm not on the radio. Speaking of the radio, you may have heard the composer of our theme music on the radio over the years. Drew Jacobs' creative parodies have been heard for more than 20 years on the Dr. Demento Show. Refresh your memory with a visit to his website, drewjacobs.com, where you can buy his latest CDs, and book them for your next corporate event. Got a question for you this month. Can you be a music radio personality and not be a DJ? Now I'm going to answer it for you. Yes, as proven by our guest this month, who took an interesting route into a 30-year career in Capital District Radio. And while he's no longer on the airwaves, you can still enjoy his talents on social media and an illuminating podcast we'll talk about here in the interview. Listen and learn about the careers of the multi-talented Richie Phillips. Richie Phillips, I think you're the first person I'm going to interview that didn't really start out his life thinking, I have to be on the radio. Is that is that true? That's actually very true. Although I used to play radio, I remember like in my in my bedroom. Oh, like, you did? Yeah. Okay. But but it wasn't like no, not like you guys. Yeah. All yeah. the people I've ever worked with, they lived and died by the radio. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. No, I, I, I didn't have that. No. I wanted to perform, but I don't think it was ever necessarily had to be on radio. On the radio, gotcha. Right. Right. So where where did it start? Where where'd you grow up? <laughs> I grew up, I don't know if I've ever really grown up, but um, <laughs> I started my life in a little town called Mattituck. Mattituck is on eastern Long Island. Okay. I figured it was on Long Island. It sounds like a Long Island right. name, yes. Yeah. It's an Indian name, right? Yep. It's so far out on Long Island. How far, far is it? Yeah. That we used to wake up to Big Ben in the morning. That's how far out. We're <laughs> right out on the tip. <laughs> boom, okay. boom. Yeah. No, really, there was a sign in town. It was 110 miles from New York City. Okay. People All don't right. realize that Long Island's 120 miles long from, from Montauk Point you know, yeah. to New York. And you wonder where it got the name. Yeah. yeah. Long, long Island. Long Island. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. not a short island. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I was uh, born, raised there. Went to college up here, came back, taught school there in my own school. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I spent a good, yeah, maybe yeah. T- first 25 years of my life there. There you go. So, so obviously um, you you took uh, teaching, you, know, you went to college to yeah. learn to be a teacher. To, I went to Oneonta. Okay, which cool. Is a state college. Sure. Went back, replaced the teacher that taught me. Interesting. It's one of these like uh, welcome yeah. back Cotter things, except yeah. I wasn't welcome. It's <laughs> the only difference. Okay. And uh, I don't know how, you, how long you want this podcast to be, but uh, I can tell you stories just from teaching. Well, I certainly want to know a little bit about that right, because right. it would obviously lend itself as to why you're still not teaching. Right, right, right. Exactly. I think teaching is a good training for anything. That's true. It really is. Yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah. with teaching, you have to prepare Mm-hmm. There's lesson plans. You have to have a goal and so forth. And I found the same. I found that helped me in radio, believe it or not. Interesting. Yeah. Because you walk yeah. in, you got to have you know a plan, a goal, and you know, yeah, a yeah. way to keep people interested. Makes sense. Now, is that something you enjoy doing as, as a teacher? The lesson planning and the getting ready to uh, teach young, <laughs> open minds. Well, I used to say with other teachers there, I enjoy teaching. I really enjoyed kids. 
I didn't enjoy teaching the kids. There's okay. just something yeah. about it. <laughs> now, what age group were you teaching or did you run the gamut? Well, you know, when you first start teaching, they throw everything at you sure. to see if you're going to survive. Yes, I yeah. think they, sort of like radio when you think, yeah. you know, most guys uh, will tell you, oh, I did everything from take out the garbage to mow the lawn to the morning news, you know. Yeah. It's true. There's a lot of analogies there. Yeah. I taught, because um, social, social studies was my major, okay. my history. Okay. So they gave me seventh grade American history. Okay. Ninth grade world history. Tenth grade American history again, because you didn't learn it the first time in seventh grade. Uh, yeah, yeah. And twelfth grade Russian history. My Lord. <laughs> Which I was like one chapter ahead of the kids. <laughs> I was just going to say, how much about Russian history right. did you know? They would ask me like, you know, whatever happened to... Um, William the Great. Oh, you know, Alexander the Great. I don't know. I'll, I'll, the I'll tell you next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally like that. That's funny. <laughs> I had four That's preps terrible. a night, which wow. if, if you're in teaching, yeah. you understand what that means. My God. That, that would be like trying to prepare for four different radio formats, yeah. maybe, you know. That's uh, why I'm saying yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's, a, there's an analogy. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Very good. So uh, for how long did you uh, uh, partake in teaching? I substituted for a year, which there's stories there. <laughs> and then uh, I got the teaching job and I taught for five years. I got tenure. Okay. And yeah. then I stayed for one more year because I wanted to feel what it was like to not being not be able to be thrown out. There you go. What can I get away with? What, what envelope can I push here? Yeah, yeah. And this was all in the school that you went yeah. to growing up? The principal was my eighth grade English teacher. I'll be damned. A lot of the teachers, you know, oh, have, can I just tell you? Oh, absolutely, funny, please, funny? yeah. I'll never forget this. I lived home the okay. first, the first well, year that I was not? teaching, right? Yeah, well, I did in radio the same thing. It's the same thing, right? <laughs> so I was teaching, it was a... Uh, like an eighth grade, well, this is like a study hall. This, you know, I had to just monitor the study hall. And I'm standing there in the door. Somebody knocks on my classroom door. Yeah. I go, yes. The kid opens the door. This is the God's honest truth. And he says, Mr. Phillips? I said, yeah. He goes, um, your parents called. You left your lunch home. <laughs> Which sounds to me like something you should be saying to these students. <laughs> right, right, right. But I, I didn't tell you the whole thing. They used to, they kept calling me Richie because I'm from the town. And so I finally got them to call me Mr. Phillips. And You're I, talking the students? or The students. The, oh, really? The students. They would call me, hey, Ranchy. You know, and I said, you wow. got you call me Mr. Phillips. I finally got them to call me Mr. Phillips. And then this happened with oh, my mother. That's <laughs> and they funny. go, Richie, your mother called. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny now, but boy, it wasn't oh, funny. Oh, man, that's amazing. It was tough. Too. So while this is going on, since you like to be, you know, an entertainer of sorts, you, you've alluded to right. that earlier, that you thought you'd be on that side of right. it. Were you doing? anything on on the side to satisfy that want there was a bar there and, uh, <laughs> at the school <laughs> yes that's pretty advanced <laughs> yeah. the kids would you know, hang around the school hang around the bar no there was a bar in town and uh, they had a piano there and uh so i tried out and said yeah maybe i'll just play there like on a saturday night yeah and it was a piano bar okay and uh so then i i was making more on the weekends oh. In the piano bar with tips than <laughs> yeah. it was my my. Well, that I, makes sense. I think yeah. I took home ninety eight dollars a week teaching. Wow. Uh, mm. Yeah, my first mm. year teaching, I think I made eleven thousand dollars. Yeah. And uh, I played there, but what was interesting was that two people, uh, one person from the school board was the bartender. Okay. So, <laughs> Man, talk so, about small town America. Very small town. So I was worried, you know, yeah. I would never ever over serve myself because yeah. I'd be worried that he would tell, you know, sure. being on the board. Sure. But. Uh, 
It was, <laughs> was he a good crazy. tipper? It was good. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he must have known that you weren't making a lot of money <laughs> no, right. on the school board. Because he was controlling it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's too much. So, so that's it. So that's kind of how that evolved. Yeah. yeah. Playing in a piano okay. bar and uh, got a little experience doing that. And <clears throat> then my brother, who lived in Albany, mm-hmm. when I finally said, you know, being in my own town. Yeah. I want to get out. I yeah. want to, you know, grow up. Sure. He said, why don't you come to Albany? So I did. And he said, maybe you can get a teaching job up here. And I came up and I substituted, I think, for about six months here. Couldn't find anything. Okay. And I got a job at the Troy Record selling newspaper ads. Oh, seriously? Yeah. So you've been on the sales side. I was on the sales side. It was terrible. Yeah. I was fired on a Wednesday. <laughs> You weren't hired on Tuesday, were you? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So how long did you do that? I came in on Wednesday, and the guy said, uh, Richie, uh, we'd like to bring you in now for your exit interview. I said, what's that? He goes, <laughs> and he goes, come on, we'll tell you. <laughs> I was okay. fired on a Wednesday. Okay. Um, but there was a guy there, a couple of guys there, that knew of this bar in Albany. And I, when I told him I had played in piano bars, he goes, why don't you come down and uh, we'll see if, you know. You know, why don't you come down and just play? Like mm-hmm. it was a Thursday mm-hmm. night. I'll never forget it. And where, where was this? Would we remember the name of the place? Uh, the place is called the Twenty One Club. Uh, I don't and know. It if was I on Twenty One Elk Street, right okay. across from um, the uh, New York State Court of Appeals, is right downtown Albany, where okay. all the legislators well, would hang sure, out. Sure, sure. Any idea what year you were talking about here yeah, to kind of put it in perspective? Nineteen eighty-two. Okay. Ish. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's about right. And. Uh, there was a girl playing the piano, and I walked up and I said, do you mind if I play one song? And she goes, okay. I think I knew about 20 songs tops to play. Yeah, anyway. right, right. So she said, sure. It's a Thursday night. There was nobody in there. So I sat down. I went, dun, 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 because New York, New York had just come out. There you go. I started playing it. And this guy walked up, a very nice older man with a nice suit on. He goes, do you mind if I sing? And I said, sure. Whoa. And he starts singing the song, which I won't sing here because of copyright. Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he sang the song when he was done. He looked at me and he goes, uh, hey, you're pretty good. You, you want a job here? I said, who are you? He said, I own the place. <laughs> good thing you let him sing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> good thing he let me play. Yeah, right. And yeah. it was just all by complete coincidence wow. that I got the job there playing yeah. when this girl wasn't playing. Wow. So I played maybe one or two nights a week. And I ended up playing there for seven years with... Yono and Donna Pernomo. Do you know that? Well, I know yeah. the name. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. They owned the place at the time. I, okay. I owe a lot to them because they, sure. they kept me there for years. That's terrific. And then, do uh, you want me to keep going here? So, that, so, it, so you're working basically nights. You're just, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and what were you doing during the day? Five nights a week. Uh, yeah. Uh, were you writing stuff during the day? Yeah. Were you, okay. Because, and I guess we haven't gotten to that part yet. Your whole right. life wasn't playing New York, New York. <laughs> You're, uh, if for folks that don't know, uh, I think one of the finest parody, you know, songwriters. Thank you. And, and I mean, <clears throat> you, you have some awards to back this up, um, uh, you know, that I've ever met or, or listened to. Besides, of course, the guy that does our theme here, Drew Jacobs. He's got a, yes. you know, he's, uh, <laughs> You guys are, you know, do you know each other? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great talent. You, you must run True. in the same circles. Yeah. Yep, so, yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but other than that, um, you know, um, uh, you know you're, you're one of the finest talents in that respect. Well, um, so what were you, so during the day, you've, you know, had the day to yourself and you would, you know, what else were you doing? Well, because of this place, again, there were a lot of legislators that would come in there. Okay. And one time, the, the big issue at the time was... Um, Mayor Ed Koch had made a comment that everybody from upstate New York 
wore all the women wore gingham dresses. I don't oh, know if you yeah. remember that. Yes, and, I uh, do. Yeah. Rode on tractors. Yeah. Oh man. So <laughs> I again, and because of copyright, I can't do it here. But uh, I took the song "Mame" and changed it to "Mayor." Oh God. But I, I'll sing it to you off the air. But uh, it was. I wrote a song about that issue, not knowing that the people that worked for like the governor were sitting in the room. Wow. And then I realized the power of the people that were in this yeah. little, little place, this yeah. little bar. I said, hey, maybe that's the, uh, the hook because yeah, I was yeah. playing regular songs there and nobody was listening. You know, it's yeah, all background yeah. music. Yeah. So I started writing parodies about wow. issues and I'd read the paper. Yeah. During, that's what I was doing dur during the day. Yeah. You yeah. know. When I owned me a farm and quite a few acres in a place not far from here. And I got me a plan that I know full well is going to make me a millionaire. I'm going to knock down the walls, clean up the stalls, and fill up the ground with concrete. And I'll be the inventor of my own civic center in the town of Waterville 8. Well, you know Thomas Whale and screaming mad and Mr. Murphy's jealous boy. Because one of them wants it in Albany and the other in downtown Troy. Well, that's all right. Let them all fight. They'll all be admitting defeat. Because I'll be the inventor of my own civic center in the town of Waterville 8. So I, I was thinking maybe I'll become like the Mark Russell of Albany. Remember oh, for you folks? Oh, I never missed one of his PBS shows. Exactly. I really enjoyed him. Yes, yep. very much. Yep. So that's what I was thinking. Maybe I'll be like the Mark Russell of up, upstate New York. There you, know? you go, yeah. So I would write and write and write and write and write. And um, that went on <laughs> for maybe like five years of writing. And um, there were some people that used to come to the bar and sit there. And one of them was Joe Riley. Yeah. Who was the head of, for you folks, the head of the New York State Broadcasters. And uh, yep. I ended up talking to him, and he told me he was in radio. I was like, oh, my God, I'd love to have this stuff on radio. Mm, you know? yeah. And I kept bugging him and bugging him. <laughs> and uh, then I ended up on, on Mason and Sheehan's show, for you folks. That uh, Yeah, from PIX. PIX 106. Yep. God, uh, Bob Mason, may he rest in peace. Yes, absolutely. I got a couple of songs on his show, and uh, that's kind of how it started. And then... sure. Ended up on WTRY as, yeah. as a morning. Guy. There you go. So we're talking uh, 87, 88 yeah. in there somewhere because I joined part-time yes. at uh, TRY in 88. That's right. And was only there, uh, you were only there a few weeks before. That's <laughs> some right. And I may have talked about this on the podcast before. I had worked at GNA up to 1986. Right. And was let go unceremoniously after 12 years with the station. Right. And um, so a couple of years later, after I've left the business and I'm doing other full-time stuff in marketing, I really missed the radio. And so I looked into maybe you know finding a weekly spot on the radio. Right. And I wind up at TRY. You're there with uh, Fred Horton doing the, the, the mornings. But within a few weeks of being there, all of a sudden, you guys are gone, and my new boss was the guy that was my music director at WTRY, Walt Adams, because he left GNA and wound up coming to TRY. That's right. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> I was his incestuous. boss two years earlier, and all of a sudden, well, he's my boss two years later. <laughs> Welcome to radio. Yeah, exactly. And it was, it's been crazy like that ever since. It really know, as, has As been. a part-timer, yeah. So you guys were doing okay with uh, Fred and you on, on TRY in the mornings? Yeah, and to back up, Steve Van Zant used to be on in the mornings. Okay. I was on first in the afternoon with Bob O'Neill. Okay, sure. Boogie That's Bob. A, Boogie Bob. That's yeah. how I got hired, by Fred Horton. Yeah. And then uh, Steve left the morning show, and Fred came to me and said, you're going to do mornings, and you're going to do afternoons. Ooh. 
So for about, I don't know how many months there, I did the mornings and the afternoon Wow. Show. 924, 24 minutes after 9 o'clock on WTRY's Morning Circus. Uncle Fred Horton and Richie Phillips. Boy, oh boy, are you noisy this morning? Big John. Stacking up the hits. <laughs> All right, Weather Watch 98, Bob Kavaja, calling for Cloud. Were you repeating anything in the afternoon that you'd done in the mornings, do you think? Probably repeating my old jokes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know well, about old bit. I don't remember. I, I learned that. Now, you didn't grow up here, but I'm sure you've heard about the uh, famous Boom Boom Brannigan. Mm-hmm. I learned from him that there's no such thing as an old good line, hmm. that you can save these and months <laughs> later use them again. Repackage. And, and I, when, when I got into part-time work, I saved everything that I thought was you know decent. And uh, sure. you know, 18 months later, it would come back up in my rotation and I'd use the line again. Nobody ever said to me, ah, you've said that before. No, exactly. You know, I mean, it, it, who's going to remember, That's first true. of all? Right. And, and, and who's even listening, if it's the same person, even listening 18 months later at right. that exact same time. So right. I, I had some favorite lines that I used over and over again over <laughs> the years. Absolutely. Well, the thing with parodies, if you're doing topical parodies, yeah. I heard Jay Leno say something interesting. Anybody that does topical humor of any mm, kind, mm. that they're like, what did he call them? They're like cigarette lighters. He said a cigarette lighter, it's bright for a day, mm-hmm. and then it goes out, and yeah. then you've got to come up with another lighter. That's true. And it's really yeah. true. Yeah, know? that's true. Um, yeah, and, and that's why there are some comedians that do, don't do topical, you that's know, right. because their stuff can just last longer. Exactly. And uh, you know, it can be done wider, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so your TRY having some success mornings and afternoons. Now, did you eventually get just the mornings? Just yeah. the mornings. Okay, Just cool. the mornings. And I did that for not long. Believe it or not, it was only from like January of 88 till I believe it was June or July of 88. Well, yeah, because I think I joined in like May or June. So, I mean, again, right. it was within. And the funny thing is it was Fred <laughs> that hired me. Yeah. You know, and, and he didn't know me because he was from out of market. So he hadn't heard me two years earlier. Oh, that's right. On uh, GNA. But I had more than one person on the staff that said, oh, he'll be fine. He said, well, I still need a tape. You know, he still needed to hear me. <laughs> but he hired me, you know, pretty much sight unseen. Sure. And, uh, and I'm on the air. Again, I think April or May of 88. And again, within like six weeks, all of a sudden, I have a boss that was I was the boss of. <laughs> and, and you guys go to the station that I came from. Which I'll never forget it. He <clears throat> opened the door, came in the room with me in the morning. You know, we're doing the typical morning show. He closes the door. He goes, I got something to tell you. I said, what? He said, would you be interested in going to a country station? I said, absolutely not. <laughs> I, said, I did. I said, yeah, absolutely yeah. not. I yeah. don't really like country. And he said, I think I can double your salary. And I went, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. That was the conversation. That is perfect. Absolutely. That's terrific. And I had no negotiating power. He said, I'll take care of all of it. Wow. I said, well, how am I, how, what am I making, Fred? I just remember, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. And uh, <laughs> he had it all figured out. And um, I ended up on... WGNA, and again, this is a little inside baseball, but then I was sued for, by... Um, the, the former or the owners by, of TRY? Uh, TRY for, for breaking a, an agreement. Uh, and I uh. said, well, Fred, you know, you're taking care of all this. I'll be, I'll, and we <laughs> Hope just you're going to pay the fine. And I remember we were sitting on the front steps with my wife, and we were like whimpering, like crying. Yeah, like, we're yeah. going to lose our house. I mean, yeah. this is... This is big stuff. Yeah. But it was just like a nonsense kind of a yeah. suit. I had something similar happen to me, not not a suit, but uh, in order to get our first mortgage, which I was doing in mornings at uh, yeah. TR, uh, uh, GNA, 
Um, and I did a, a thing, a, a, soap, a daily soap opera called Days of Our Mortgage, okay? Because I, it was our first mortgage we were applying for, you know? So in order to get that first mortgage, I had to show not only that I have this full-time job, but yeah. I also had a part-time job teaching at the new school of contemporary radio at the time. All right. And I showed them as well that I was working for another guy. I was doing voice work for a guy that went in uh, weekends. You might remember these sales. They'd come in on the weekend and sell all sorts sorts of audio equipment and yep. uh, two-ton come-alongs and, and you know all this stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he would do this in markets all over the Northeast, and right. I was his voice. I would do these 60-second spots for him. I was making some nice change on the side. Right. So I had to get something signed from him that I was doing this to work for money. him to right. get the... Within weeks of signing the mortgage agreement, which is, as you know, the first time you do it, right. it's like signing your life away. Darn right. Th that dried up. He, he, he stopped doing it or something happened and I was no longer. So all this big chunk of change that helped put right. over the top that we could afford this house was gone. So I've been there. I, I, I know it's the feeling. Scary. It's scary as heck. Yeah, yeah. Well, the whole business is scary. I don't think <laughs> I ever trusted it and I ended up 29 years. Isn't that but wild? But I, I really always was worried. We were always worried yeah, that sure. it was going to dry up, sure. and yeah, as you know. You know, that's funny because I really didn't have that worry. Maybe I needed it. Because mm -hmm. I had never been fired before. Mm -hmm. I started in, in 1969, and I got all the way to 1986, and I'd always had my own say. I'd always said, okay, I'm, I'm leaving you guys. I'm going here. Right. And I've always you know, stepped up. Um, to, to, for, to not see this coming and to not realize you know, I'm expendable, as right. most disc jockeys are, especially the longer you're somewhere mm -hmm. because you're making more money than oh, you know, other people. And all of a sudden they right. say, well, we can get something to, somebody to do what he does for a lot cheaper now, you know. Correct. And that's what would happen. Yeah. And today, the way the business is, it's there's just so many other factors. Just that way, absolutely. The changing nature of radio and. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what happened anyhow. with the with the suit? Did you wind up uh, it was settling just that? Like a new, it ended up. I went to an attorney, and he said uh, it was a learning experience because he said, "Well, what what are the? You always have to worry about what are the damages? What are the damages of you?" Going from one station to another when you've hmm. only been in radio six months. Yeah, exactly. Are, are they major advertisers that you know are going to go with you? I said, uh, smart. No. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That's smart. That's, smart lawyer. That's yep. what that is. Yeah, very good. So, you uh, pick the right guy. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, he was good. So then uh, it was WGNA, and this kind of it ties into today. It's so weird because this is now thirty years afterwards. Yeah. And. Kevin Richards, who is a local mm -hmm. country aficionado Absolutely. and is a good yeah. friend, he's the one who called me and asked me if I wanted to do this show coming up with Randy Travis. Wow. And what's amazing about this is that, I, again, I wasn't a big fan of country. I I didn't like the old traditional country. I liked the Kenny Rogers oh, kind well, of country. I'm in the same boat with you. Right. I wound up playing it by accident, and, yeah, and I right. really was never a big fan. Right. Oh, yeah. But it started to change when, I, you know, in the 80s, late 80s, you had Garth. Yes. But you had the real initial Garth, which to me was like a was Randy Travis. He was mm -hmm. crossover, but he wasn't. He, yeah. You know, you know how Garth can be very traditional but cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I found the same thing with Randy Travis, and cool. I really I liked him, and he was one of the reasons that I said, yeah, I, I think I could deal with country music. Okay. You know, so that's thirty years ago. That's thirty years ago, and now I'm opening for Randy wow. Travis, wow. which not only opening, but I'm being asked. 
to play Randy Travis's songs in front of Randy Travis Whoa. so he and his wife can comment on it mm. because mm. of his stroke. He had a terrible stroke. Mm. Mm. So this is just wow. the biggest thrill to even yeah, get this phone call. That's amazing. So yeah. give us some details before we get off the subject. When and where is this going yes. to be and how do we get tickets and all that stuff? Yes, yes, yes. It's, uh, believe it or not, it's on 9-11. Wow. Which is, um, yep. Yeah, well, we'll remember the date anyway. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and it's at the, the Charles Woods Theater. Charlie Up in Woods Glens Theater. Falls. Up in Glens Falls, which yeah. is a nice small theater, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be two shows, three o'clock and six o'clock. Cool. Um, and you can get tickets right there at the, you know, call the box office and sure, get tickets. Sure, sure. Yeah. Excellent. Or you can go to my Facebook page. I, I'll have the little uh, link on there too. Okay. And what's your Facebook page? My Facebook page is just Richie Phillips. Or is it Ryman Rich? No, Richie Phillips. Okay. At Richie Phillips, yep. Where, where did the Ryman Richie come from? Where did the nickname come from? Oh, that's from? a good one, too. When, uh, <laughs> when we <laughs> first had the meeting at uh, WGNA, I think it was the first week we were there, we mm-hmm. met with the, uh, the GM there, and uh, we sat down. Oh, and also the, the company who just bought the right. station, which was Barnstable Broadcasting. Which, which is the reason that I was let go, I find out later, is that the right. station was going up for sale in 86. That's right. And and uh, and they wanted to make the bottom line look better. So let's get rid of this guy. That's He's right. been here 12 years. You know, yeah, yeah. So yep, as we all know that. So the new owners uh, come in, and happen. you're talking with them. <clears throat> the new owners come in, and we're sitting in his office, and they, Fred, who was... Fred Horton was always called Uncle Fred. That was yep. his, and he was a big believer in these nicknames. He thinks oh, that okay. you know people remember you from the nicknames. So they said, "Okay, you're going to do a morning team here. What would you like to be called?" And uh, <laughs> they said, uh, "I don't know if it was a consultant or one of the new owners said, well, we're going to call you uh, Uncle Fred and Cousin Richie.'" Hmm. So I turned to him. I was just so naive at the time. I, I looked at both of them. I said, "Fred, I'll work with you, but I don't want to be related to." You. <laughs> <laughs> and I, after I said that, I went, oh, my God. What, they, they what did I say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just off the top of my head, I said, you know, I, I want something musical because that's what I kind of do. So, yeah. I don't know, maybe Ryman Richie or, mus- uh, you know, uh, something with an R. Just like and that. And they, they looked and they said, well, we don't care. We want you as a team, whatever you want to call yourself. Good. So, Fred goes, yeah, you want to call how it Ryman Richie? That? We'll call it Ryman Richie. That's yeah. exactly how it happened. Neat. Very <laughs> cool. And uh, and and still use that moniker t- today with some of the stuff that uh, that you do. Yeah, and yeah. what's interesting is uh, there was a a time with it. Well, I, I you, know, you want to talk about it? Yeah, yeah okay. you know, it's That's inside fine. thing. Well, there was a movement to get. All right, I'm going to say it. There was a movement to get rid of the nicknames. Ah, and I fought it because I said, you know, that's what we're known as. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I think as radio has progressed, that used to be more of a yes. Yeah. A hokey, there yeah. was a hokey time in radio yes, where, yeah. you know, like people were named after frogs. Hey, and, when we, when remember? we, yes, when we signed on uh, GNA in right. 1973, it was country and Western music. That's right. So our theme was Western. Right. We had the 45 caliber survey. Okay. Now, right. would that fly today? <laughs> Probably not. God, you know, no. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the top 45 was known as a 45 caliber survey. Um, uh, oldies were called gold bullets. Right. Okay. Did you have and, a nickname, though? Uh, I did. We, and we did the same thing. Oh, we I had nicknames. That. Now, I think the nicknames didn't start with air. It started with, uh, we, we played softball. We had a softball team. And we all kind of had nicknames for that. But for some reason, I became Crazy Chris Warren. <laughs> okay. I don't know why. Although, <laughs> if you listen to some air checks, you might get a hint. <laughs> right, right, you right. know, Because I, I, I just had fun. I just didn't yeah. really think terribly about what I was doing or what I was saying. 
I was just trying to make you laugh and make you feel good about your day, especially since I started there as a, after being in the news department there, I went away, came back as the evening jock. So in the evening, seven okay. to midnight in 1976, um, you know, I, I just felt like you need to be entertained. And so that's, sure. you know, so crazy Chris Warren was, was my nickname, but we had uh, big, bad John Stanley. Sure. Okay. And, and uh, I think he, did he change that to something else along the way or did he stay with oh, that? Oh, I'm trying to think what John Stanley yeah, was. Um, one of the longest tenured uh, part-timers in the oh, history. Oh, Jumpin' John. Yeah, that, that's what happened. That? I, I knew that changed from the time we had, we had hired him, yeah. And Brother Lou. Yeah, yes, there you Brother go. Lou. Who still always will be Brother Lou. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even call him Lou. I call him Brother. You yeah. know, I, mean, I know him by his first name. And with, yeah. <laughs> with all the things to listen to and watch these days, whatever you can do, to be remembered, oh, I think absolutely. it's important. I think the yeah. nicknames should be more important than ever now. You would think. And you would anything. Think. But, to, but times change. I know. And, times and, change. Yeah, ideas change. Yeah, yeah. Sh- uh, shameless Sean McMaster. Shameless. <laughs> oh, okay. Shameless Sean. Shameless Sean. You know, that's right. not easy to say too no, that's f- right. if you say it too fast. Yeah, you could get in trouble. Yeah, you could. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. yeah, he was shameless and, Sean. Uh, at and night. you had, uh, was it uh, Dollar Bill? Dollar Bill early. early. I remember him. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will uh, admit this, and I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast before, since I didn't like country music before I started working in it, right. I haven't listened to it since I stopped working in it, <laughs> right. you know, uh, back in 1986, know. you know. So I, I know the artists because they're popular and because there was so much crossover as, right. as, the, uh, as it went more rock and rollish, you know, or, sure. or you know, more contemporary. Uh, but, I, but I don't know the music very much. I think I've I bought... Um, one or two country albums since then. Yeah. Somebody that's you know really struck me, you know. But uh, well, they're aiming the music. I think. No offense to you or to me, but to a younger audience. Oh, absolutely. Right. Oh no, that's understandable. Right. Sure, sure. Sure. Yeah. But, so you're you're a GNA and you're now Ryman Richie. Right. And uh, and and with, with with Uncle Fred, that goes on for a while. Uncle Fred gets another opportunity, I believe, to New- move to New York City. Okay. He got an opportunity to become like the program director of a big station that was like a hip hop station. No, maybe it wasn't hip hop. Maybe an R&B station in New York that changed the country. Okay. And it was his wow. job to try to, to, to yeah. change it over and, and to attract a New York City audience to it. Yeah. And I don't think it worked too well. I think he had a really hard time doing it. Yeah. Because you know, it was a little too early in New York yeah. City. Yeah. So who so did you uh, who did you graduate to? Yeah, obviously, because so, yeah, you're you're not really a disc jockey. No, no. I mean, no, you, exactly. you're an entertainer that happens right. to have this great talent, but you weren't the guy running the controls. First of all, because right. most disc jockeys, you know, in in markets our size, run their old control right. board and stuff. So you needed somebody to team with. Right. I was the I was the co-host. If they were going to keep you, that's right. Which I was concerned. Sure. Always, every day. So, <laughs> so then Gary Briggs. I was, remember that name. Right. Who yeah. was, uh, we ended up calling him Gambling Gary. There you go. Right. And he was my partner for a while, for a long while, actually. And then uh, he moved on. And then one night I went, uh, uh, I went upstairs to WGNA, uh, which was in uh, the Latham Circle Mall. Yes, you, you moved floor. from that beautiful spot on the hill in, in East Greenbush. Did <laughs> you right. did you work there at all in that building? Oh, absolutely. When you first got there? Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, that, that mansion was just beautiful. Nice, one of the nicest facilities, and, and right. with the country theme to it. It just made sense. Yeah, no, you know, that was a perfect there. place. That was yeah, a great so place. then you moved to the, to the mall. You're on the second floor. Second floor of a o- mall. Overlooking CVS or something <laughs> down right. below. Yeah. <laughs> right, the Burlington Coat Factory. Oh, that's what it was. Yep, yep. And... Um, uh, 
uh, yeah, so I went up to get some equipment that I would left in that morning, and uh, Fred, uh, Fred, uh, Sean was working, and we were talking to each other, and we knew each other a little bit, and we looked at each other and we said, wouldn't that be funny if they ever put the two of us together? Wow. That's, that was that's exactly what happened. And that's yeah. exactly what happened. Sure. Um, he was doing nights. Yeah. Doing, um, uh, seven to Midnight? Yeah, doing the Seven to Midnight okay. show. Been um, there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then he was moved to mornings. I don't know if he liked that or didn't like it. And you know, But he, he was in radio before. He'd, he had done different shifts before, so he was mm-hmm. used to it. Yeah. So they put the two of us together. Sean and Richie. 107.7 and actually, it was it was a little bit like oil and water in the beginning. We, was we, it? We had our argument. And we used to argue on the air, which Ooh, was not good. No. People don't like that. Not, not if it's real. Not I if mean, it's real. Yeah, if you can have fun with it and you're right. making believe, but if it was real, that could be tough. That's right. Yeah. So that went on for a short time, and then we got to know each other and good. became you know, good friends. Yeah. And that lasted 17 years. Wow. And I'm I'm thrilled to say now. First of all, uh, I, I wanted I, I thought of something a while ago. I f- should go back. You went from a um, a five thousand watt AM radio station, right? WTRY to a an equivalent fifty thousand watt FM station that's yeah. heard in parts of like five states. I know. You know. I mean, it, it was it, the signal that we had, especially when we first signed on. Now, right. as the years went by, more and more stations were added to the FM dial. But when right. we first went on, when we were testing in nineteen the summer of 73 we were getting cards and and uh calls from boston they yep. could hear our signal in boston i remember one morning we got a call from canaan new canaan connecticut yep yep there you go it's a little yep town in, in northern connecticut sure northern part of connecticut yeah yeah so and, you, your your audience you know total service area exactly you know, just went wacko you and know, it spoils yeah. you forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we were known then as, a, I believe, a medium market when right. you were doing it. And uh, tell everybody uh, what happened along the way from the CMA. Working with Sean, I, I, it was the first year we worked together. Wow. And we were doing all these crazy things together and songs and his bits and my bits. And we said, you know, let's prepare a tape and just send it to the uh, CMA Country Music Association because they had a contest yeah. to see who's the best morning show and that type of thing. We sent it, put it in the mail, and uh, I sent you the cut. I don't yes. know if you, I, I know yep. you're going to we'll, play we'll it. We'll play cut. it here, yep. Yeah, there's a cut that uh, you're going to hear where a certain uh, country star who wasn't really that big at the time, mm. he had just started out, he called in on our morning show to announce something. Hello? Is this Sean and Richie? Yeah. Good morning. Who's this? Well, guys, this is Brad Paisley. Well, of course it's Brad Paisley. Brad Paisley. I think we've heard of you. Have you? Yeah, I sing that one song. We do Country Fest every year. we got to get you up for our next Country Fest. I'm looking forward to getting back up that way. Some really exciting news that I wanted to break on your station today. Today I have to go to the dentist. <laughs> really? You're getting that bicuspid pulled? Uh, no, I just got to go. It's a checkup. Oh, okay. I get excited about those kind of things. Well, no, actually, the reason I'm calling, guys, is because... I'm sitting here at the CMA right now, and you won Broadcast Personalities of the Year. Yes! Yes! I can't can't believe it. it. This has been unbelievable year. This is your first year for nominations, right? Yeah. We've never sent anything in before. Yeah, this is amazing. What are you thinking at that point? Are you you've arrived? I just couldn't believe we just looked at each other and went, Oh my god. Yeah. And then they sent us there. You know, we were on television, we were on TV. They sent us Buzz Brindle. Our boss yeah. sent us down there. We flew into uh, with my my wife came too. Uh, we flew into the um, 
Opryland Hotel. You know, oh, been, man, what a great a spot. I, I stayed there for the, um, uh, the disc jockey convention two or three yeah. times. Yeah, pro- yep. the Country Music Programmers Convention and loved it. Well, yeah. we this this was that day. We flew in that day. This is to receive our award for this. Mm-hmm. For the best, the technical award was we were the best mid-sized morning show there you go. in the United States for country music or something. Yeah, yeah. So we go there. I think we flew in. We got in like at five o'clock. We're supposed to be at the re- at the recording, at the show. Yeah. At like seven or seven thirty oh at the Ryman yeah. Auditorium. Yeah. So we're rushing through this hotel. This is a huge hotel. Get into the room, change into tuxes and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then we go over to this hotel, and I don't know if you re- ever remember these shows, but they always say um, in awards awarded earlier this evening, uh, and they'd show little. Pictures, yes. you know. Yeah. So that's what they were doing. We we went to the we sat in the audience, and uh, a woman gets on the stands on the stage and she says, "Okay, this is the actual show. This is the pre-show. Uh, we're going to bring you up here, and you have one minute to make a speech." Wow. I turned to Sean and said, "Speech? speech. Did speech. you prepare a speech? I didn't prepare a speech. <laughs> Here's my speech. Thank you. <laughs> that was it. So that's uh, too much. They finally call us up. Uh, Sean McMaster, Richie Phillips. We both get up on the stage. I'm thinking, are they going to put us, are they recording us for TV? I mean, they're going to record something. Mm. She said, uh, could you turn this way? I turned to the right. She goes, Chick-chick. I said, oh my God, that's the picture they're going to use on national television? I could, <laughs> did I have something in my nose? Or, you <laughs> yeah, know, like, right. I had no chance to prepare at all. Oh, gosh. Right? Yeah, and then yeah. I said, okay, you can make speech. And I don't, I don't <laughs> even remember what I said. And that was it. And then we had our little picture, you know. Mm. And it was Billy Gilman. Do you remember Billy Gilman? Now that I don't remember. He I had a, like one name. hit at the time. He was a kid. Okay. He's the one that introduced us. Okay. And uh, <laughs> and actually, I was sitting next to him and his mother. I'll be darned. His feet didn't even reach the floor. <laughs> he was sitting, his feet was like kicking like this. Yeah. And finally, yeah. he gets on stage and very poised. You know, mm-hmm. I'd like to now introduce the winners of the you know. Yeah. <laughs> and he introduced the two of How us. How cool is and that? And I have it on video too. As a wow. matter of fact, I could, now I have to tell a quick story a that you reminded me of when you arrived at five and you're expected to be ready to do your thing at seven. Yeah. First time. Uh, that I go down there for this convention, they lose my luggage. (laughs) Now, so we're arriving at four or five in the afternoon and we're expected at a reception where Willie Nelson's going to be there, Waylon Jennings and all these other stars that we're going to be able to hobnob with. And I'm in the outfit that I wore on the plane down, and I, f- I know I smell. I have, I have no cosmetics, no- nothing. I just know, and I had the lousiest time of my life that, that my night luck. because I was, I was just so self-conscious oh, that sure. I, I hadn't been able to freshen up before this thing. So. Yeah, but you're in front of country artists. That's how they are. Well, yeah, I suppose. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, other than that, I always remembered going down there and enjoying it. It wow. was at the beginning of country music televisions, so I got a chance to uh, sit in uh, the uh, audience for a Ralph Emery show. Cool, um, you That's know great. who was big at the time, and uh, he had Eddie Arnold on. And my uh, yep. st- my uh, father-in-law was a huge Eddie Arnold fan, so be able to sure. come home and say, "Guess who I met?" Yeah. You know that sort of thing. So, and I stood on the stage at the new Opryland, you know, uh, right. stage. Uh, in the middle where they had the cutout from the Ryman Auditorium. Oh, that is so So amazing. I was able to stand there and say, hey, I'm standing on history here. This is really cool. Did you have your shoes bronzed? So, <laughs> yes, and they're still down there stuck in that one, that one <laughs> well, spot. Well, it's your flip-flops because they didn't have your shoes. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. Well, something similar. Um, after we did this little uh, thing, uh, then, they, of course, they said you can stay for the show. So we stayed for the show, and we're sitting there, and we're waiting you know, 
for the show to start and all of a sudden the people the door opens and it kind of reminded me of Proctor's it's like a small it really is a small theater yeah and the door opens I'm looking it's Kenny Rogers mm. I'm sitting next to Sean right yeah Dolly Parton it's like one after another it's yeah a, and that's yeah. what Nashville is it's a small yeah. town they just kind of come in they yeah. you know very unassuming sure and I'm hitting Sean I'm going look at <laughs> look at he's going stop hitting me <laughs> it was just such a thrill to see them all oh all absolutely yeah. now if there's anything that and I did I it's not that I didn't enjoy my time at GNA right because I did get to like country music I got yeah. to know it obviously if I'm going to play it right but all, the, one of the benefits of it is that you meet some of the nicest, greatest entertainers of all time. Absolutely. I mean, you you talk to anybody about yeah. the lovely Dolly Parton, and she is yeah. everything and more. Everything that you would expect and, and more. Yeah. Um, I remember sitting down to interview her after a show at SPAC back in the uh, early 80s, probably. And... I sat down and she has a, and it was named after her, a peaches and cream complexion. Yes, she just beautiful. had the most beautiful skin and was just the nicest person. Yeah. She's so nice, Richie, that when I'm interviewing her yeah. into my little cassette recorder, fans were going by behind her to go to the reception that we're all headed to. And when they'd say, hey, hi, Dolly, she would turn away from my microphone and say, hey, darling, how you doing? You know, really? Right in the middle of a response to my question. You know, But that's the kind of people, yeah. almost everybody I met was, was like that in the business I was in for those 12 years. Yeah, same with me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if, it just seems to be a common trait with the really successful ones are the nicest ones because yes. they have nothing to prove. Exactly. But we had a, one of the biggest thrills of my all my years there was Kenny Rogers. Mm. Sat in with us in the whole morning show. Wow. How and, cool is oh that? Oh, my God. I, what a story there. Yeah, and then at yeah. like the 9 o'clock hour where you're really not on the air, it's mm -hmm. just there's a lot of music. Yeah. You know, I always have my piano on the on the air. He stood next to me. This is off the air. And he goes, uh, play a Kenny Rogers song. And I'll sing with you. Uh-oh. Well, I know a lot of Kenny oh. Rogers songs. My hands, Warren, were like... <laughs> hada, hada, hada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I yeah. Uh, the only song that came to my mind was I, I started playing a She Believes in Me. Mm -hmm. And he goes... What, what do you, and he turned to his guy. He goes, "I don't even remember the words to that. Why don't you do? Why don't you do something like the Gambler?" <laughs> That's too what much. a nice guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I tell you, I had so many great experiences yeah. like that. I could I could name drop all. Now, now he was one that by the time I introduced him on stage up at the uh, Glens Falls uh, Civic Center, right. Um, the winner of the you know meet Kenny Rogers backstage contest right. was done after the intermission before mm -hmm. he's coming out for his second part of the show, and it's one of the few times. Although John Denver was the same way, so the time you got to spend with him was short. It mm -hmm. was really forty five seconds to a minute was right. about it. Unfortunately, so he's the first one that I you know realized. Well, okay, yeah, I'm sure he's busy. He's got a busy schedule. Right. He's probably in Rochester tomorrow, and they want to get. You right. know, back on the bus or whatever you know. exactly and so uh so i understood it but i was just a little disappointed unlike um loretta lynn she's done playing at the palace and a bunch of us go backstage to talk to her afterwards there's three or four jocks there and we just sat and talked to her for like a half an hour. She just loved to talk and tell stories and talk about Conway and their relationship and all this stuff. It was, 
you know, again, I don't think I met, uh, well, there were one or two whose names I won't share with you, <laughs> right. That, but but they also weren't bigger stars. They These were people, right. you know, reaching See a tad, I mean? you know, yeah. The yeah. bigger ones knew what side of the bread there was yeah. buttered and uh, knew that their fans were all important. That's right. That's they how would, they got big. They would not leave the theater until everybody had the autograph right. that they wanted, and uh, and that's something I've always admired about country. Well, you heard the story of Garth Brooks. He's in the Guinness Book of World Records. He signed autographs for 24 hours. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. He did. Crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's how they made it. Yep. Okay, so you and uh, and uh, Sean uh, uh, became good buddies, and things were working out uh, very well for you. And yep. um, uh, you, you said how many years altogether on the air? He's going to argue with me. I think he said seventeen, and I'm thinking sixteen. Okay, but in, in <laughs> no, that yeah, range, 16 to 17. That's yeah. still still not bad. You know, no, I mean, my that's God. a pretty good record. What a luck! Uh, I, I and, was lucky to be in when I was in radio, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'm sure the same with you. And didn't the station change hands at least once during oh, that yeah. time, if not more? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a lot of uh, health cards, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> medical medical cards. Yeah, to show yeah, for from it. from the different <laughs> owners. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it flipped yeah. several times. Yeah, yeah, it really did, and. Uh, the last one, which was, uh, or the current one, which was Town Square Town Media. Square, yeah. I have to say, they, you can say positive, you can say negative about any company, but sure. they were ahead of their time as far as, I remember one guy coming in and saying, you know, if you don't have a digital presence, you won't be a radio station in three years. Yeah. And, and that was in the beginning. I was thinking, yeah. oh, come on. It's not going to be yeah. that and big. And there were a lot of jocks that, uh, and that A, you. didn't believe it, or B, didn't like it. The fact that right. you're, now you're expecting me to do more than just entertain That's on right. the radio. No, yeah. they got pushback. Yeah. I mean, they definitely got pushback. Yeah, blogging and all this kind of stuff. But uh, as you see now, I mean, I work for a retail store. I work part-time. Okay. It's a music store. Yeah. I'll even say it. He's well, Hilton, Hilton Piano Absolutely Center. can. You know, maybe they'll right. want to sponsor me someday. That's right. Who knows? <laughs> and me too. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, it just, it humbles me even more. Uh, than I thought I would be, you know, being out of radio when I see what local businesses have to do mm. and, uh, you know, how they try to survive. Yeah. And if yeah. they realize if they don't have an online presence. Yes. Yeah. You know, it, it really changed the, changed the, the whole way things were done. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, so, um, so they decide uh, what, what's, what's going on when this comes to this little partnership with Richie and, uh, and the station comes to an end. What's, uh, what, why? Oh, why did it come to an end? No, they want. Well, it was pretty mutual. They wanted to make a change. I think I wanted to make a change. Um, I think it hit me when I went to the last country fest and I looked in the audience and I went, "My son is older than a lot of the people," in, in, uh, you know. Yeah. And I'm looking at my age and uh, and uh, we talked, my wife and I, and uh, I th they didn't fight me when I said, you know, I think I want to, you know, maybe do a little less on the air. And yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it was time. It was time. And. I'm glad I did it when I did it. Maybe it was a little too early. I may have wanted a couple more years, but then yeah. again, I was ambivalent because yeah, I was looking, yeah. thinking, yeah, let's face it, I'm old. Yeah, okay, <laughs> but, okay. But but also nice to, well, in, in radio years, yes, you yes. were old, okay? And, right. and that's that's what a lot of people don't understand. When all of a sudden, one of their favorites from the last you know, 10, 15, 25, I mean, somebody like Don Weeks, 30 years yeah. doing a morning show, when they're all of a sudden gone because of either ownership change or format change or whatever, they don't understand that this really is a young person's game. Yeah. First of all, none of us... Be
became million. I shouldn't say none of us. There are some exceptions, obviously, becoming millionaires on the radio. Mm-hmm. But very, oh, very few of us. Oh, that, is that what that thing is? <laughs> Why does it have an H on it? Well, anyway, if you say so. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, so none of us became independently wealthy in the business, and no. it's, it's not that type of business. No. Um, most of us stayed in it as long as we did because we just had a love of what we did, you know, whether Absolutely. it be a love of the uh, audience, yeah. uh, a love of the music, or just a love of the industry. I mean, I fell in love with it at the age of 11, and, and right. you know, I'm still in love with it. Not so much the way it is today, but, you know, loved the way it was when I was, sure. you know, full-time in it, you know. And you look at people who were in radio a long time ago, like I, I think of Fred Horton as an example. He worked for how many stations? Mm. When I, mm-hmm. I never realized how yeah. many stations. He told a story one time of one station that he worked at, I think it was in Connecticut, I'm not sure where it was, where they they had to let people go, and this is the way they did it. The owner took the whole staff and put them up against the wall and said, everybody, you know, everybody line up against the wall. <laughs> the guy he said, if you think you still work here, take three steps forward, not so fast, Warren. <laughs> That's Whoa. how he did it. I'll never forget My the story. Gosh. That's how they fired people back. Wow. Can you imagine if you did it today, you'd own the station. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, yeah it's crazy it stories. It really is crazy. Yeah. Well, a lot of crazy radio stories. What do you think? Yeah. How, how do you think this podcast started? That's right. I just knew we'd have fun talking to folks that, first of all, have no problem talking uh, you know, about, <laughs> right. about uh, the business or about themselves, you know, I mean, right. when it comes down to it. But there are so many stories. Yeah. I just had lunch again with um, <laughs> with. Brian Jackson. Yeah, and if you haven't heard his interview, folks, go back. It's it's here on the site. Um, he he, when he got done with the like hour and a half that he sat where you're sitting, right. he said, "So that's the first part of the story, folks. Come back <laughs> next month for the." I, mean, I know, and it's very easy for him to sit there and tell you another hour and a half worth <laughs> yeah. of stories that's about right. what he came across during radio and his TV oh, years sure. as well. Yeah. So no, there are stories I haven't even touched upon because I spent quite a few years volunteering and then working full-time for PBS. So I've got some great stories I could tell about that. We've just right. never gotten to it. I mean, eventually I'll have somebody here where it makes sense to, you know, share yeah, some sure. of those stories. I hope anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I could even go back. I don't know. Do you want to Please, do more time? We, oh, plenty of time. Okay, great. Uh, no, this is podcast. This isn't. Oh, I forgot. This isn't radio. I don't have to be done in time for the news at the top of the hour. <laughs> we didn't so, stop for commercials. You know, no. Not even that. Just keep going. <laughs> I can go back. It, it isn't a radio story. It's a piano bar story. Oh, great. This is a story that involves Billy Joel, believe it or not. Wow. Because back then... The original piano man. Yes. And being from Long Island, everybody knew Billy Joel. Oh, sure. Everybody has a Billy Joel story. This is a true story. I was in this piano bar. This is the one I was playing at when I was teaching. Okay. I was playing, and uh, this guy came in. He had stringy kind of long hair, and this is... This is like late 70s, or 1976. I think Billy Joel had just come out with like Piano Man. And that okay, kind of there you go. Yeah. And this guy came in and he goes, uh, hey, I'm listening to you and uh, you're pretty good. Um, you know, I um, I produce Billy Joel albums and I just kind of heard of Billy Joel at the time. Yeah. I went, you do? He goes, yeah. Because um, I'm going to bring Billy Joel in here to hear you because uh, I think I'd like to produce you. And I said, you're going to bring Billy Joel in here? He said, yeah. <laughs> So he said, uh, next weekend, I'll bring him in. Okay. So I'm playing this. I can make this a 10-hour story if you want, but I'll, I'll uh, condense it. Okay. Reader's so, Digest version, This is a Reader's Digest version. So I waited. I played there one night. The next Saturday night, I played. I got done at 1 o'clock. I'm waiting. And then no Billy Joel. 
<laughs> uh, he, then he came in a couple of weeks later. He said, uh, Billy was a little busy, but um, I think I can either get him or one of the Bee Gees because I also produce the Bee Gees. And, My Lord. And where I live, it's lived it's way out on long island yeah. as far out as the hamptons so yeah, yeah. He, he's telling me he has access to all these people from the hamptons uh, okay that's the south shore we live in the north shore so anyway i'm waiting now for either the pgs or uh, billy joel to show up and <laughs> nobody's showing up so this goes on he comes in again like a couple of weeks later and he said uh i i called billy uh, you know he said i'm sorry but i still want to produce you um if you give me a thousand all i need is a thousand dollars oh give me a thousand dollars i'll uh, produce whatever song you want to do and I'll give you a hundred copies and I can get you to radio stations. I can get you, you know, uh, get your song into radios. So I went to my father who was a cop yeah. and I told my father about this and he said, well, I'm not giving you a cent. This guy's a scam. And I said, how do you know he's a scam? No, he's produced all these people. He said, well, you, you proved to me that he's produced all yeah, these people. Sure. So he came in again and I told him, I said, my father is not going to give me any money. He said, well, why don't you come to my office and I'll show you. <laughs> So I drove to his office. I don't remember where it was. I think it might have been in like Huntington, Long Island, whatever. So I drove there and it was over his garage. He had an office. I go in his office and Warren, he had on his wall gold records on the wall. And his name was blank, blank. I won't even say his name. But uh, it, one of the gold albums said, thank you, blank, blank, Billy Joel. Thank you, blank, blank, for your production. Uh, Barry Gibb. Thank you. I'm like, this guy's on the level. He's got yeah, gold yeah, albums, right? Yeah. So, uh, and, and then he said, I'd like to give you something. And he gave me this record, and it was a Billy Joel record. Okay. A Billy Joel 45. Okay. And the song was Why Judy Why. Hmm. And he said, this is from uh, an album I just produced. Now, if you go back, if you're a Billy Joel fan, that was from his very first album called Cold Spring Harbor. Spring Harbor, Harbor. yeah. Yep. The problem with Cold Spring Harbor, it was recorded at the wrong speed. Exactly. Yes, I do remember that. So yeah. when you hear Billy Joel, like, hello. <laughs> yeah, right, right. He's, like he's that, all, that's yeah, how he yeah, sounded. Yeah, exactly. And I remember listening to it and going, he sounds a little different, you know. Maybe mm-hmm. this guy isn't on the level. Yeah. <laughs> so to this day, I, this guy was a scam. Uh, he had made these records up yeah. and everything else. Yeah. He was a complete scam. Yeah. And now I've Googled him and he's kind of a cult figure. Oh, okay. And, and uh, I'll, yeah. I'll send you. Um, yeah, yeah. He actually did an album of his own. He stole people's songs, put them on the record and sang over them. Just oh, sang his darned. voice over over their voices. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he's like a cult yeah. figure in the scam yeah. world. Yeah, there you go. So I would have been yeah. scammed for $1,000. Yeah. He was then. the precursor to the uh, Nigerian banker that needs you to send <laughs> mm-hmm. him $1,000 so you can get yeah. a million. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So that's my Billy Joel story. <laughs> <laughs> that's too much. True story. That is too much. I know a girl, the cutest I've ever seen. I'll tell the world that she's my vaccine queen. No one I know who's wiser. She's loaded up with Pfizer. She's my antibody baby. When in the stores, no, you don't have to ask. You'll be ignored if you ain't wearing your mask. Sometimes she gets real grouchy. If you throw shade at Fauci, she's my antibody baby. Oh, she doesn't get her kicks from stupid politics She don't care if you're blue or you're red She has much more reliance with people into science Not with everybody trying to mess with your head She ain't afraid 
To get a shot in the arm It may get sore But it sure beats buying the farm Ain't about to get infected My chick is well protected She's my antibody baby She's a real fast learner She can tell you about Moderna Knows everything about J&J Oh yesterday I told her I really wanna hold her She said until you get a booster You stay six feet away She's really strict Yeah, that ain't no jive And that's because We're all over age 65 There's no one above her the CDC loves her There's a real infatuation Cause she's down with vaccination She's the bravest chick I've known She kicked the crap out of Corona She's my antibody baby Yeah, she's my antibody baby What an antibody An antibody baby So what's so, going on with uh, with uh, t- today's Ryman Richie? I I, I know uh, we already talked about your your podcast, right? Uh, and you're you're still doing that top talent, still doing top talent. Okay, <clears throat> trying to figure out a, uh, I don't know, a strategy, a a, a, a niche. Is that yeah. what you're kind of looking for? Maybe because yeah. talent is, it's a big word. You have a a talent. First, I was thinking a musical talent. But then again, the problem with podcasts, you can't play the songs that these people come on. That's true. That's because they're true. very strict about, about copyright, yes. which they should be. Yeah. Um, I first started with trying to get national talent. Mm-hmm. I've got Phil Vassar, who's a great uh, country guy. He's yep. on my podcast from a couple of years ago. Yep. I, I got some of the people from American Idol because a couple of them are local. Yep. So that was great. A great find. Yep. Madison Vandenberg was one of them. Sure. She was great. Very talented. Yeah. Um, but then you kind of run out. It's really hard to get the national people, yeah. as you know. Yeah. So I'm thinking, well, maybe I'll do local talent. So I've tried that mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of at a crossroads and wondering which way to go with it. Yeah. I'll yeah. take your advice. Yeah. Well, you know, as you say, talent is an all-encompassing mm-hmm. word. Mm. You might find that there's some very talented uh, chefs from the area that might be fun to talk to funny or restaurateurs. Is it funny I've mentioned that? No, it's really <laughs> funny I mentioned that because it involves your kitchen and my kitchen. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the people That's that funny. did my kitchen yes. and your kitchen, yeah. I'm watching them. I'm saying, that is a talent. Oh, yeah. Who's got a talent like that to refurbish yeah. um, oh, uh, kitchen cabinets, cabinets. Yeah. cabinets yeah, without, yeah. Without, re- without replacing them sure. by painting them when you never know the difference? Yeah. Maybe I'll put them on. As talented furniture. Well, makers. she's certainly a, 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 an entertaining person to talk to. That's right. I mean, and well, tell everybody exactly how you found out that they had, she had recently done our, right. our kitchen. There's a, a company, and they're called, I love the name, Shabby Brown. Yeah. Because I guess they'll take your Shabby Brown cabinets. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, instead of spending whatever it is, $30,000 to replace oh, your kitchen yeah, cabinets. Sure, yeah. They take the doors off bring them to their factory, wherever it is, mm-hmm. and they spray paint them or whatever yeah. they do. And then uh, they come back and then they cordon off the whole kitchen mm-hmm. and then they spray the whole kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And within three days, you have a new kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And um, we, we liken that to, we call them, uh, 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 they dexterized our kitchen. In yeah. other words, if you've ever watched Dexter on TV, you know, he would, uh, he'd have a, a, a kill area all in plastic. So yeah. none of the blood went outside. That's right. Well, it's the same thing with them. They didn't want any of this paint going anywhere that right. they're spraying. And they, they really sealed it off airtight and we had no spray over or any overspray, whichever the term is, right. and uh, did a terrific job. And then somehow we were talking about radio. Oh, I guess her 
somebody that works in her office used to listen to WGNA. And so they knew your name. name. Yeah. And then I, uh, they said, well, do you happen to know Warren Garling? <laughs> we just finished his kitchen. I said, what? That's why <laughs> when really I got your funny. email, I said, that's just too strange. <laughs> yeah, you know, small, strange. well, it's a small bunny story. Mm-hmm. I may just do a whole podcast on small bunny small stories bunny. because right. I can tell you at least a half hour's worth, yeah. you know, of, of stories that, yeah. uh, that, you know, that, that just talk about how small a community this really is it when really it comes is. down to it. Yeah. 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 And back to talent. Yes. And people not realizing the other person's talent or vice versa. We had a guy who lived in our neighborhood that used to fly UPS jets. Wow. And uh, one day, I was I played golf with him one day, badly, <laughs> horribly. <laughs> and, the only way uh, I know how to play. That's right. <laughs> and we're talking, and he said, you know, so I'd love to come to your radio station and just watch what you do. Hmm. I said, sure. Yeah. And I'll never forget this. He came to the station. He sat there and watched the show mm-hmm. and after that he said I can't believe that you can guys can just crack a mic and just make up this stuff and just you have no papers and everything else mm. and I looked at him and I said you fly a UPS jet <laughs> <laughs> and you're wondering what I do when I shoot the you know what on a microphone <laughs> then you've got the talent yeah. not me yeah you know? exactly it just makes you realize yeah. that people don't well, you know, but but they're they're you know again. There's all types of talent, that's right. and where you sit and think, there's no way on earth I could do that. Right. Like I enjoy watching um, um, baseball and basketball mostly on on TV. Two right. of my favorite sports. And right now, I'm having to say that both my Boston teams are doing very well. <laughs> so that's as topical as we're going to get here. Okay. But anyway. <laughs> I sit there and I wonder if anybody threw me behind that announcing desk mm-hmm. and asked me to do either what Mike Breen does or or Jeff Van Gundy on the NBA broadcasts or or even the color guy, you know that that's that's giving you background on on you know why right. this person just played that way whatever. Um, there's just no way on really? earth I could do it, and yet I'm very I'm very comfortable behind the microphone. Right. But there's an expertise, and right. there's an education, and there's a, a, a you know research. Now, granted, sometimes other people can do the research for you, but still, to be able to call that stuff up and to know what to say, when to say it, yep. and and how many different ways can you say there's two minutes left on, on the clock, and, and yet they keep coming up with different ways of doing it, sure. that just blows my mind. Yep. I would never think of trying to do such a thing. And it makes me realize, and I did realize all the times that I was on the air with all the three partners that I had, mm-hmm. the, the comment always that I was always the recipient of, and it always made me blush in a way was I'd always get the comment. You're the talent. They're not, you know, they're just the radio guy. You're the talent. Whoa. I, I Interesting. Yeah. And, and, and that's a but again, opposite. they that's, don't know. Yeah. They don't know yeah. what yeah. that's like. And exactly. For example, I'm going to use Sean as an example. He was a master at, and I think of him with like radio, th- uh, t- when we did like radio thons. Oh, absolutely. I'm just like, what That's to when say? actually I first met you. Do you remember? We oh. did a Kidney Foundation radio thon. That's right. That's because right. I had done it when I was at GNA. Yeah. And you guys invited me to be a part of it yeah. after I left GNA. That's only right. because I was on the board at the time. And right. I think I may have been the president of the local board. But that's when we first met. But, but, right. but go on, the radio thons. Yeah. And you've done a number in your time. I've done a number. And I can just remember like, you're trying to get people. To call in, sure, you know, and trying Make to pledge. relate the story of of a child that was sick or whatever. He was he's a master at that, mm-hmm. master at mm-hmm. at 
conveying his his emotions where I would be yeah. like, oh, I would have to go play. Yeah, you know, right. give. I would yeah. say give. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just that's a talent, you know, that you yeah. know, just vocalizing or just uh, mm-hmm. being a you know a radio personality is a talent. It's a major talent. Thank you. No, and you did it, and he did it, and all these guys. Fred was a, was great. Gary was oh, great. You know, we we've had some f- terrific talent that's come through this area. Oh, really, and and many, like you mentioned, Fred had gone on to to New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, many were recruited or did find jobs in bigger markets. That's right. Um, one of the first people that I remember um, going on from here to bigger and better things. Um, he was on uh, in 1968, I want to say it was, and he wasn't here very long. He was on WPTR, um, uh, which was the top 40, you know, biggie at the time, 50,000 mm-hmm. watts. And his name on the air here, anyway, was Mark Allen. And I would call him up, and he knew my voice immediately because I'd constantly call up and say, I want to do what you're doing, you mm-hmm. know, and, and eventually. And he always encouraged me. He was great about it. But I would call up to, to win an album or a 45 or something. Mm-hmm. I'd be the correct call through or whatever. Right. He was always very nice about it. Well, he left here and went on to a stellar career as Bob Dearborn. And he went to bigger markets wow. and, and made a name for himself. Dearborn. I didn't, Dearborn, yep. You have to look him up. Um, I didn't realize that until. Gosh, 30 years later, maybe even 40 years later, when the internet started, you know, started right. looking around on the internet and I found out that he had been Mark Allen, Mark Allen I here. connected with him online and huh. said, you're one of the reasons that I'm on, you know, that I did, you know, my right. 50 years on the radio at that Was time, you know, maybe long. 40. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, I, I thanked him. I said, I never right. got a chance to thank you because one radio, one night you're there, the next night they're That's not, right. they're gone. Yeah, you know? exactly. And you'd have no idea where. And so, uh, but now with the internet, we were able to find some of these folks and see their history. Mm-hmm. And I just remember saying, and he was the nicest guy in return. He said, well, I'll be honest, Warren, I encouraged everybody to do it because I enjoyed it so much that if somebody called me and said, you right. know, I want to do what you're doing, go for it. You know, it's fun. Yeah, you you know? Don't say don't, he right. never said that you're not going to make money at <laughs> it. Right. I wish he had told me that part. <laughs> you know? yeah. but, but again, one of the nicest guys. And in response, all those years later, he, he mm-hmm. said, uh, you know, congratulations on a great career career yourself yeah 50 years my god and again you said his last name was alan right here uh, here he was mark allen yeah this is an aside of the many asides that i guess my my brain always go for provides it. yeah but i always wonder what is the what is the thing with radio where scott and alan are used so much alan b scott on the radio scott <laughs> allen i'm alan allen i'm scott scott why is it always scott and alan well first of all let, let's go let's go back to why People use different names on, on the air than their real name, okay? Right. One of the I reasons, okay, there, there were a couple of reasons. Well, for the folks that, uh, yeah, of course, right. most of the folks listening are disc jockeys anyway, so I guess I don't have to go there. <laughs> you know, read my book, okay? My book, I'll have to ask my mom. You can get it on uh, on uh, Amazon.com. Yeah. yeah, but I'd like to know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, now, you, 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 you must know. When, we first, when I first started in the business anyway, there were two reasons. First of all, People were not going to understand Warren Garling. They were going to hear Darling. They were, I mean, even even AP when I was doing news, even they would print garlic occasionally instead of Garling. (laughs) You know, Uh, Garland. You know, all those. So when you when you choose a name, usually you chose two first names. Easiest to do, easiest to say, easiest to remember. So I I used Chris Warren, as you know, for many years. Right. Um, Except that time they called me Jesse James. I had nothing to do with that. That's the name they gave me. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but the other reason was, Richie, 
they back then, unless you paid for it, your name was in a book. It was called the phone book. And if oh. you and if you used your real name on the air, well, get oh, ready. Way, yeah. They're going to find you. They're going to call you up and say, "Can you play Sugar Sugar tomorrow morning on the radio?" Right. You know. So, so the other reason we did it was for anonymity. Yeah. yeah. No, I understand yeah, the yeah. An- an- anonymity so, part. It was just the fact that it's always Scott and Alan. <laughs> exactly, and and those are very big names, certainly. Right. But again, they're first names and can be last right. names as that's well. True. So that's that's why there are a lot of those <laughs> out there. And I was told, I think it was from Fred too that. There's a lot of smaller stations. They would have jingles made up like Alan Scott in the morning. Yeah. And then if Alan Scott left, whoever came into the station said, you're now Alan Scott. Yeah, right. <laughs> we spent a lot of money on these jingles. <laughs> We're going to keep using them. I don't them. care yeah. if your last name is Schwartz. Well, that's how, Alan I, Scott. that's how I got the Jesse James. I was not the first nor the last okay. Jesse James. Right. They used that jingle a few times, at least once before I got there and, and used it. And then I think once after I left and another person came in and used the name. Yeah. It's funny, but McMaster, he was allowed to keep his name. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a rare thing in yeah. a way. That's kind of a long name. That's- My favorite story about this is <laughs> you're always choosing a, a, a name that's either uh, that you can understand and that's mm-hmm. memorable. So uh, I went to school shortly after a gentleman by the name of uh, Bill Figginshoe had gone to Graham Junior College where I went. And he had been uh, big on the college radio station and he went into a very nice career. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, he ran the WHN in New York, which was became a country station for a while and, Mm -hmm. and did very well with it anyway. So he decides in college, he's got to, or maybe after he left college, I've got to change my name so it's more memorable. He changed it to Fred Figginshoe. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, how cool is that? I was going to say, I would have kept Figginshoe for as long (laughs) as I could. He did. He changed his first name from Bill (laughs) to Fred. Alliteration. Fred Figginshoe. You're you're a a musician. Alliteration. There you go. Fred Figginshoe. That's hysterical. Isn't that a I I finally changed my name just for you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So so uh, I guess we know what you're doing these days. You're still doing uh, the top talent, trying to figure out where where to take that okay mm-hmm. i would fi- i would right. find some truck drivers i would find yeah. i would just find you know speaking of truck drivers we had some great listeners of, of country music over the years That's that were right. truck drivers oh sure i mean we became friends with some of them they, they would they would sure. drive up to the station in their semis and mm-hmm. and and just say i love you guys i listen every night when i'm listening <laughs> you know when i'm out on the road 10 40 good buddy yeah there you <laughs> go back in the cb days exactly right. stop showing us how great you are at wordle Stop boasting by posting your results. Don't. Each time I play, it's been a mental hurdle. hurdle. You think it's easy for an elderly adult? It's not. When I work on them, I'm slower than a turtle. turtle. Five letters, you'd think it'd be a snap. a snap. But just looking for the vowels plays havoc with my bowels. It's to the point where, where I, don't I don't give a, a crap. crap. It's becoming quite obscene Seeing boxes that are green On Facebook every morning on my feed You expect me to hit like? Why don't you take a hike? For all we know, you could be a cheek Could you say Google? Actually, you're making my blood curdle Curdle Blood, that's five letters I'll try that (laughs) Nah, I've changed my mind I think I'm more inclined to sit and pick the fur balls off my cat, it's more rewarding. I hate Wordle. And that's that. Stop posting it.
You're working at uh, Hilton Music, which is cool. Which is another place where somebody will come in. Here's a great story. This guy came in one time with his son. Kid had a hoodie on. Mm -hmm. And they have pianos there under $1,000, but they have a $70,000 piano there as well. Yeah. And Steinways and everything else. Very interesting store. Sure. And uh, he came in with his son and he said, do you mind if my son plays this piano? He pointed to the, the expensive piano. And I was going to say, as long as he doesn't bang on it. <laughs> oh, thank God. Oh, this kid. Wow. I'll, I'll yeah. show you the video. Yeah. He, yeah. You know, I could probably play this on the air because it's classical. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. really incredible talent to come in there once in a while. Oh, you sure. get like kids from the Crane School of Music come in and play. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just a very, very interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. You must meet talented people all the yeah. time. And, or, or folks that want to be more talented and want a keyboard to yeah. you know to grow with and to learn on and yeah, stuff and like that. They have like Thanks 25, uh, well, the other part of the store there. They have Hilton Music and Hilton Piano Center. Okay. Hilton Music is, uh, that's Steve Van Zandt's wife. Yes, owns, yes. Owns yeah, that. Yeah. And they have 25 teachers there. They're a big, big school. Terrific. So if you're looking, that's you know, hey, I'm doing your ad no, here. Give, give the plug. Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Good looking for, for a you. piano, look for, for me because I get a commission. And um, <laughs> maybe take some piano lessons. Yeah. I don't get a commission for that. But, there you go. You know, but whatever. Do you, do you miss radio? I miss writing I miss creating stuff. Which you, which you really haven't stopped doing. We're, 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 we've played some things, or yes. we will be playing some things that, that are new, that you've done recently. Yeah. Yeah, some more parody-type songs. Yeah. yeah, I've yeah. been putting them on Facebook, and I yeah. want to keep writing. I, I just love that part of it. I love that Good. the most. Good. Um, and I, I would have loved being on the air. I just didn't love the hours. Yeah. Let me give you what I think is the my own, my own uh, description of what it's like to be on morning radio, because a lot of people would say, that's an easy job. You guys just have fun every day. <laughs> if you go to a party, okay, for all you listening out there, okay, all these people are in radio that are listening though, right? So yeah. It doesn't well, make any well, sense. Well, yeah, I mean, we're on the internet. Anybody can <laughs> right. listen anywhere. I, I do have one friend from high from uh, <laughs> when I grew up in, on Drums Road in in, uh, okay. in in Scotia. He's out in the Midwest and, and he listens. And all he right. also noticed that I didn't. Uh, have a, a a May interview that I, I posted, so you're going to oh, okay. be the the June interview. That uh, what's be, his first name? His first name's Mike. It wasn't Scott Allen or anything. Uh, no, 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 no. Okay, all right. So Mike, I'm I'm, I'm going to tell you what it's because you're asking Mike what's it like to be on morning radio. So if you're with if you go to a party, Mike, and you're with three other people, and it's a Saturday night, you had a really good time, you loved it, you had like a four hour party, and then Sunday they ask you to be with the same people. Okay, you're going to have that same party. You're going to be on for four hours. And you're going to have that party five days a week. Oh, by the way, Mike, you're not going to have it at 9 o'clock at night. You're going to have it at 5.30 in the morning. Okay? And you're going to have it whether you're hungover, sick, yep. whatever, or yep. in a good mood or whatever. Uh, have a but, voice or not. Have a voice or not, which yep. I'm losing my... Yep. But uh, you're, you're going to do that. And you're going to do it for years. And there's going to be people listening in on that party. Every day. Every day. And if you're not having fun at that party... They're going to break in almost like um, you know, Big Brother is watching yeah. and say, why aren't you having fun party? Yeah, I mean, right, you know, right. people are listening to party. You know, I don't that's, have to listen to you. I can go elsewhere. And, you right. Know, yeah, yeah. And that's what morning radio is like. It's, yeah. it's a pressure, but it's the exact opposite pressure that 99% of working people have. It's true. It's a positive pressure. Yeah. But you've yeah. got to be having a good time. If you don't have that personality mm-hmm. and if you're not getting along with your partner, yeah, yeah. God forbid, I would. I, I, I yeah. don't know how people would have done that. And and as long as you're not looking to be rewarded, you know, tremendously financially, but you can find rewards That's in right. other ways. Yeah. Um, the friendships you make, 
the stories that uh, that, right. that develop that you can remember and tell for the rest of your lives, and the, which is what I have this podcast for. Yeah. I don't want these stories to, to go uh, by the wayside. No, you know? that's right. I, and there are already two people in just the uh, short months that I've been doing this that I wanted to sit where you are, and they're gone. Yeah. And the, some of their stories are going to go with them. That's you know? right. I, I mentioned um, that we lost uh, one of my oldest and, uh, and dearest friends, uh, Mark Kaplan, just within this last few days the that nicest. we're recording this. One of the nicest guys you'd ever meet, Mark Lawrence on the radio when he first started. Hmm. And um, and he had a great radio career, and but he did so much more with his life. And he was just one of the nicest guys. He was. And it was just two or three weeks before he passed that I had said, okay, your turn. I'm going to have you up here wow. to the Radio Split Ranch. And I couldn't get him here. It didn't happen. So I am, I'm, I'm really, I'm looking at the old guys and I'm saying, you got to get you up the stairs here, right. you know, before you're gone so that you can, you know, these yeah. stories can be saved. No, this is a know. great service that you're providing. You know, well, thanks. So many people really at, do have At least service. for the radio and TV guys. We, right. we enjoy listening to these stories That's anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Richie, this has Thank been terrific. So I've enjoyed this and I, I knew Same. I would. Uh, I, in fact, there's, there's nobody I've interviewed so far that I haven't enjoyed. Well, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe Joe Gallagher. Maybe you <laughs> yeah, know. But. I could see that. No, no, no. I've never actually met. I think I've met him once, maybe. Or oh, once really? Or twice. Yeah. Really? Well, uh, he does occasionally come to our, our lunches that we have. So yes. hopefully, you know, the lunch this uh, in the next couple of weeks here that we're going to do. Hopefully, you'll get a chance to to meet him. Then but Joe Gallagher, can. I know you want to end this. But Joe Gallagher is interesting to me in that I've always listened to him. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. and. He's from the old school, and he's kind of in the school that I'm in of yes. the bits and yeah. doing fun things on yes. the radio that I think is a missing element. I think that's kind of misconstrued as being either corny, and I've always had that uh, criticism mm-hmm. too. You know, mm-hmm. oh, you're mm-hmm. you're cute. You know, yeah, exactly. But what's wrong with just innocent fun? entertainment it doesn't have to be controversial right it doesn't have to be political right it can just be fun and i think i i give him a lot of credit and he's back on the air yeah which is exactly why they brought him back to uh you know the weekends on Mm -hmm. on wgy recently yeah now in an abbreviated form but he claims that that's not bad because usually after about an hour he's awake you know so But anyway, once yeah, again, Richie, this has been terrific. Thanks for sharing your Thanks. stories Thanks with so us. Much. And uh, best of luck to you going forward. And to you too. Thanks, Warren. Radio Split Ranch. I hope you enjoyed the most recent parodies of Richie's that I edited in there toward the end. You can't keep a good talent like that bottled up. Thanks again to Richie for a great conversation. Now, Richie was a mold breaker for another reason. Unlike my previous guests, Richie only made stops at two radio stations in his career. So he didn't add much to our running count of call letters here. After 10 interviews, our count is up to 110 stations worked by our interviewees. Since our guest this month spent most of his career on country powerhouse WGNA, and since I was one of the first voices heard on the station when they signed on back in 1973 and worked there myself for about 12 years, I thought you might enjoy this short montage that I edited together almost 40 years ago when we celebrated 10 years on the air. This will tweak what's left of your memories of the very popular station still that perhaps you grew up with. We'll be back with another special guest next month. Hope you'll watch for that on your iPad. In the meantime, 
Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Ten years ago at this hour, WGNA 107.7 FM officially signed on the air. Reminisce with us now as we return to this moment on December 5th, 1973 for the beginnings of Great Northeastern America's first FM country music station. At this hour, we are most happy to announce that WGNA will be delivering country music 24 hours a day, live and in stereo, with the greatest team in the East. We believe in the sound of America, country music. It is the desire of our staff and management to serve Albany and the Northeast with the best in country music, news, sports, and public affairs. I, John Lindstra, Vice President and General Manager, wish to extend on behalf of the staff and management of WGNA a very Merry Christmas and most prosperous New Year. Let us now bring in the country sunshine. You say you love me and it's inviting to go where life is more exciting. But I was raised on country sunshine. WGNA. Music. Country style. Uh, certainly will. It's uh, Love Train from La Costa. And this is your buddy Joe Lavero on the nighttime thing here at WGNA. And we are going to be here until 11.30 tonight. If everything goes right, that is. Gold Bullet Music. From Waylon Jennings and the Kimberleys, going back to October of 1969 from WGNA. It's 26 minutes away from 12 noon in the Great Northeast, 6th day of December 1974. WGNA and the Wilburn Brothers, 1971. Sing your heart out, country boy. 226 in the afternoon, temperature reading at 39 beautiful sunny degrees on the outside. And the sound of country inspiration. A 1077 FM. If it's news, it's next on WGNA Albany. Top story at this hour, the Federal Reserve Board has moved... Ah, Jim Lowe with you till 6, as we mentioned. Saturday's a bit different lineup, as always. At 6, it's Arnie Anderson with six hours of his kind of country. At noon, Joe Lavero, some bluegrass for an hour, and that Hank Williams uh, thing. And, of course, 6 to midnight, Big Bad John Stanley. Saw me a movie tonight... Finally running some good films up in this area. Couldn't believe it. The Roaring Twenties, huh? Cagney and Bogart. All right, buddy. Hand over that Roscoe. Listen, sweetheart. Not to you. I do them all. And why don't I make any money on it, huh? Number 43 in the 45 caliber. Do it, Haddock. What a man, a man, a man, a man, a man, a man is. It's Lynn Anderson, number 13 on your 45 caliber survey this week. The Behind the Tubes radio program presents Memorable Moments in History. On this date in 1961, Patrolman Ed Flatbottom was Suddenly, Rockefeller quit. Malcolm Wilson, who had been lieutenant governor for 15 years, became the state's 50th governor. The December 11th announcement was stunning. It overshadowed all other political and governmental news in New York State in 1973. Four other female candidates are being challenged by an Albion policeman who claims he scored higher on... Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday to you! And thank you, Chuck. Pittsburgh's lead over the Philadelphia Phillies in the National League East division has been cut to five games. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday morning, Arnie Anderson's country horn. He 
Comment Line is a public affairs presentation of WGNA. information and he will take necessary steps to conduct statewide research and then determine whether or not there is a one-to-one -one correlation. This is Paul Conte reporting. Now, the music of America with Chris Warren. Hi there, how are you? This Thursday night in the country, you've got Chris till midnight and Johnny Paycheck going down to Georgia in a jug. And don't forget to register to win the Let's Live a Little contest for a free weekend in Boston, courtesy of GNA and the Boston Store. GNA. Beautiful, sweet memories coming your way from Willie Nelson, 10 on the 45 caliber survey. And we also heard the Rose Garden, big gold bullet for Lynn Anderson. And that brings us around to 7 minutes till 5 o'clock in the morning from GNA, presenting your chance to see the Big Al Show this Saturday night at the Colony Coliseum. You stay tuned for details. Let's go to some new long play. FM Country GNA, Tom T. Hall. You show me your ticker and I'll show you mine. He's got number 3 on the 45 caliber survey this week at 8 minutes before 10. Time once again for Where the Country Is. Good morning. You're with Jan till 3 this afternoon on this beautiful Saturday morning. What a gorgeous day. You're listening to Roots Week on your place in the country, GNA. Track of all the great reasons to listen to GNA and you'll discover another. It pays to stay with GNA. There's only one. From the spas of Saratoga Springs to the Empire State Plaza, we love our country. WGNA Albany. It's eight minutes after three o'clock. Good afternoon to you, FM country. I'm Shotgun Kim, and it's Tuesday. Here's Roy Clark. New ammo to the 45 caliber. For love's own sake, at Summertime Stereo. Summertime GNA. Stereo GNA is proud to announce the grand prize winners in the 1980 Kentucky Fried Chicken Songwriting Contest. First place winners from Hudson, New York, Robert Vining and James Krasniski for their composition, The Losers Hall of Fame. That won it, huh? That won it. How, how many entries did you send to us? Seven. <laughs> well, one of them was lucky. Oh, geez, that's, that's great. When I take my place as number one in Losers Hall of Fame. It's 66 degrees. Good morning. I'm Roz Becker. The 100 members of the Capitol Police Force will meet tonight to discuss a report that is rumored to call for layoffs of up to half the force. We might live forever. FM Country GNA. Lovers live longer. That means I'm going to live to be uh, probably 106. Uh. What do you think, Doc? <laughs> he's over here playing with a pair of scissors. I don't know. He's cutting. What are you cutting? Paper dolls? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I knew you did stuff I like that. Something. Keep me company. Well, you know, I guess. We have a little uh, heavier uh, than rain. But uh, if you're out driving around on the roads, explain that. take it How easy. You have something a little heavier than rain. Well, it's, it's uh, in other words, there's a little bit of hail out there when I was coming in. So, uh, well, it's not. In the first place? Well, you know, I wanted to make you I ask me to explain that, say. 
I'm easily confused. Yeah, I know. I listen to your show. In the last seven years, GNA has made some fine friends. Hi, this is Dolly Parton, and thanks for Hi, listening to Hi, this is Phil, Luke, Merrill, Don, the Statler Brothers, and thanks for listening Hi, folks. to FM. This is the old stuttering boy, Mel Tillis, and I want, I want to thank Hi, all folks, of you. Hi, folks, this is Ronnie Millsap, and this is your place in the country, GNA. And some of these friends will be joining us for the next installment of our seven-part anniversary series, Reminiscing. I'm Chris Warren, and each weekday following... Here's where the country is in the great Northeast this week, public service of FM Country, GNA. Saturday, Homesteaders, Old Homestead, Northville, the country cash... And Lee Moore from Wheeling, West Virginia, will also appear this Sunday. If you can't make the show, you can send your donations to Fund for Jan, care of WGNA Box 1069, Albany. New York 12201 and on behalf of Jan and all of us here at GNA we want to thank you people who have already sent in donations they're coming in nicely thank you so kindly Johnny paycheck hey slide right off of those satin sheets at 12 minutes before 11 on this Thursday December 4th and it's a chilly one indeed isn't it here Jack Madden on the midday show I'll be here I hope right up till three o'clock depending if they want to leave me here alone that long Number nine on the 45 comes from the Bellamy Brothers, Lovers Live Longer. I guess that's true. I don't know. What am I, 96 now? Yeah. Eight minutes before 11 on this uh, Tuesday morning, or Thursday morning. My goodness, we're rolling up right into the weekend. And uh, how you doing this morning, Brian? Brian Shields here, who's been sick. You still sound a little weak. Are you feeling better? Brian's had what everyone else has had around here. Sick of uh, work, or what is it, the flu? One of those things, huh? Time to play some long play country album. We love our country. GNA, there's only one. It's another fun theater party night from GNA. Join us Friday, June 12th for the area premiere of Take This Job and Shove. The movie's rated PG and stars Robert Hayes, Art Carney, Barbara Hershey, and Charlie Rich with special country music appearances by David Allen Coe and Lacey J. Dalton. To join us for the 645 sneak preview at the Saratoga Cinema 3 Friday. GNA taking you back in time with the FM Country Music Capsule, the country classics of years gone by, are heard in capsule form five times daily on FM Country... Northeast Country Star Salute, an exclusive feature of GNA, committed to the local country artist. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Warner. Thank y'all for making this our very first number one record. All roads lead to Albany, New York. Thank y'all, you've been great. Appreciate it. Just as sure as there's country WGNA. Jukebox in Texas, guitars down in Tennessee. Ladies and gentlemen, grand prize winners of Country Talent Search 82, Aged in the Hills. WGNA is proud to present a special program that far exceeds any show previously produced about the roots and tradition of country music. For the first time in almost 10 years, WGNA will preempt a good portion of its regular weekend programming for four consecutive weekends in May. Beginning Friday evening, May 6, 1983, WGNA will proudly present the 52-hour history of country music. This is the National Kidney Foundation Country Music Festival 83. And again, we stress those telephone numbers. Here in Albany, the area code is 518-283-4800-283-4900. If the one number is busy, hang up and try the other number. Try again. Operators are standing by and taking your calls. We have a number of operators on hand, a number of phone lines working this morning as we enter our second... I would love to see a winner from the Capital District represent New York State. 
in the national finals. I'm not going to hold it up any longer. Ladies and gentlemen, the winners tonight, first place for $300, Southbound! Ladies and gentlemen, RCA recording artist Earl Thomas Conley! Fella, this truck's just about had it. But I love my truck. I love my truck. How'd you like to replace that old clunker with a brand new Dodge truck from Village Dodge Hudson? GNA is... The actual idea for LiveWire came up one night uh, while we were writing something else. I believe Lance came up with it. And uh, it wasn't really that hard a song to write. It was one of the easier ones we've written. <laughs> is that right? Yes, it, but it just came to us, you know, kind of quickly. Yeah, well, you've uh, written, you wrote a couple of songs here in the, uh, sent them in in the contest, and this was just one of those that the judges felt deserved uh, the uh, first prize in the local portion anyway, and rightly so. I got to brag a little bit because uh, myself, I was one of the judges. Really? And uh, the song was great, and, you know, and uh, obviously, so Johnny Lee is going to record your song. And for Rhinebeck, New York, our grand prize winners, Whitewater! This is Marinda Stott. She's here uh, just back from Nashville, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I know you've got a lot of fans out there, Marinda, and those folks that usually call up and request that we play your song, they don't have to do that because we're going to play them anyway tonight. So you can call up instead and pledge some money, okay, to this very worthwhile endeavor that these people are taking uh, upon themselves to create this uh, Country Music Hall of Fame out near Cortland. That's only a few hours from here. It'll be a GNA shines on great northeastern America 24 hours a day at 107.7 FM. Hey! 